1: Bron- 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 Broncos cool Go- Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Touchdown Denver. It is me, George Stoya with the Denver Gazette, along with my good pal Nick Ferguson. And Nick, burn it down. Hit the panic button. Um, the Broncos are bad. And I, look Nick i don't even I don't even know where to start with the loss last night 12 to nine to the Colts uh no touchdown scored I, I believe it's the first NFL game uh, since I want to say December 19th of 2021 Saints Buccaneers nine to zero in that game um Nick was bad i Nick I have watched look i look I'm young I get it i'm 26 years old but I've watched a lot of football in my young life that is yeah. arguably the worst football game I have watched in my life if people, are still subscribing to Amazon Prime after that game? It is a shame. I mean, that was that was awful. I don't. I don't think I've ever watched a worse football game than that. And and to be honest, Nick, I've also not covered the Broncos for very long, right? I've only this wow. is my I think third season covering the Broncos. That is by far the worst loss I have ever watched in my time covering the Broncos.
1: Wow, that 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 uh, that says a lot, George. You're you're worse, but but you did you did say that you've only been covering the Broncos for uh, a short period of time. So I'm mm-hmm. sure we were to go back and revisionist history. We would see that there are some other games that you'd be disappointed with. But because this is the game that we saw, America saw on Thursday Night Football, I would agree with you, man. This is very disappointing. And when you talk about hitting the panic button, that's the only thing that I would uh, you know, look at differently from you and maybe most of Broncos' country. I'm not going to hit a panic button. And the reason I'm not hitting a panic button, because I guess that's just uh, the ex-player, ex-coach and me, not wanting to hit the panic button and just saying, okay, like you said, burn it all down. I, I really don't want to do that, but I, but I will allow my hand to hover, all right, hover over that panic button because we're not seeing an improvement on the opposite side of the ball. Let's just be totally honest. Now we can look at Russell Wilson and his uh, two inceptions inside the red zone and put a lot of the blame on him. But I'm not going to do it because this is still a team game. But for me, when I look at this offense, it is still struggling. And I know Nathaniel Hackett gets up there every single week. And, you know, he, he sells us this idea that it's close, it's going to get better. Yeah, I mean, look, I believe it's going to get better. I, I truly believe that. But we are not at that juncture right now because the type of ball that we're seeing offensively, it is um, pedestrian, right? I was searching for uh, the proper word here w- w- without saying something I don't want to say or I would regret, George, but it is pedestrian.
0: Yeah, and, and look, Nick, when I say, I look, the season is not over in in any, in any stretch of the imagination, right? That's not what I'm saying, but I do think there is a part of me that's like, this could go south – really quickly for the Broncos. And that's why I'm hitting the panic button, especially like, and, and to be clear, I'm hitting the panic button on the offensive side of the football. Like if there's two separate panic buttons, I'm, I'm hitting yeah. the offensive one, right? Because the defense is playing phenomenal. Like there's yeah. no question about it. The defense has played well enough to win nearly every football game. Maybe you could argue they didn't play well enough to beat the Raiders. Right. But they played great football last night. They've got, they got two turnovers uh, you know, they, they forced him to punt several times. You know, they held him to six points until two minutes left in the game uh, until Russell Wilson throws the interception in the, in the end zone. And here's, here's my biggest concern, Nick, is the offense is not getting better. And Russell Wilson just doesn't look like himself. And I know I've been like somebody that's like, be patient, be patient. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm starting to question if it's going to happen, Nick. Like, I am questioning my sanity watching this football team because i just i think part of the issue is there's a there's a lot of people out there blaming nathaniel hackett and and look when you're the head coach you're gonna get a lot of blame especially in your first year that's going to happen he's going to go through some growing pains but at some point the nine-time pro bowler russell wilson the Super Bowl champion has to play up to expectation at least that's my view of it like and here's the thing, Nick, watching the game and and tell me if you saw something differently when, when talking about Russell Wilson, there's guys open and he's missing them sometimes. I mean, the last play of the game, uh, people are are mad at Hackett for, you know, you know, being in shotgun, they should have ran the ball and that may all be true, but the play that they dialed up KJ Hamler's wide open in the end zone. Right. So like they win the game on that play call if Russell reads it. Right. So part of me is like, listen, like, yeah, it's a Nathaniel Hackett pro- problem, but it's also a Russell Wilson issue. And it, it's like the chicken or the egg conversation, right? Like it, it, it's one or the other for everybody. But like at the end of the day, it's both that, that are the issue.
1: Well, yeah, in, in that case, it is because you use that E word once again, expectations, the expectations were so high for Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, the, the combination of the duo of both individuals. And with the Broncos not really coming through, yes, that's where the dust settles at the feet of those two individuals. And we'll we're, we're dive into that uh, last play of the game in more detail. But from for me, what I, what I saw from the play was, hey, here's Russell, seeing that Cortland Sutton has always been his, uh, his dependable safety blanket, if you will, and he didn't even get an opportunity to look to that side. Automatically, his vision was to the left side of the field. But but I'll, I'll tell you this really quickly. When, when I look at the design of that play, I don't feel though as though it was designed really well. Because he, he, here's what I mean by that: you have Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler off to your left to your right hand side. Then they ran some kind of uh, rub route which freed up KJ Hamler. Great, Russ didn't see him. He was open and he worked the back of the end zone coming off your left side. You saw Cortland Sutton coming across, right? Now, Mike Boone had the check down, uh, what we call the H-burst. Well, That means that H-back comes up and then he runs quickly to the flat, to the right or left. So you had all those moving parts, but all of those guys were essentially bringing the defense into the middle of the field. See, I would have loved for those routes to create that space where you're taking guys out of the middle of the field, which would have made that throw easier with K.J. Hamler working the back line of the end zone because, I mean, that's how Gilmore was able to come back into the play. Cortland brought him right to the play. And at first I was thinking, George, it was a side on by Russell. I was like, was he trying to throw that to K.J. late and then Cortland came across? Or was that Cortland, hey, you know what, that was the way the route was designed. I'm still trying to figure that out. But overall, you look at Russell, you wanted a better throw. Maybe he should have saw uh, KJ Hamler sooner, you know, on, on that particular route. But then also I just, it's the play design. And the reason I keep harping on it, because I played this game for a long period of time. I coached this game for a long period of time. And I know once you get inside that red zone, you don't have that much real estate. So execution has to be flawless. Your quarterback has to move and, and the play itself. I personally, George, fourth and one. It's not like the clock, the, the clock is against you. You have all the momentum. It is fourth and freaking one, right? Why are you in somewhat of a shotgun instead of under center and pick up the one yard first? If you pick up the one yard and then you go back to that same play, at the end of the game, I'm fine. But that is your game ending play. That play right there, I, I don't get it.
0: I don't either, Nick. I don't either. I, you know, I w- w- in the press box, I'm like, well, just run the ball. I mean, Melbourne had just broken off two two nice runs. Yeah. Uh, he was running the ball well. The offensive line was moving bodies like it was like it was a, it, to me. It was a very simple, just run the ball, hand it off here. And I wonder, Nick, and I was thinking about this last night. I wonder if the play call, you know, had anything to do with the Seattle game. And what I mean by that, he took the ball out of Russell's hands on that fourth and five in Seattle, kicked the field goal, obviously, and he got slammed for it. So I think tonight he said, you know what? It's fourth and one. I'm going to let it be in Russell Wilson's hands and see if he can make a play. The problem with that thinking is, one, I mean, again, I'm not saying that's what he was thinking, but I do think that may have played a factor last night. Is like, hey, well, we've been in this situation before. This time I'm going to make sure Russell gets to have the ball the problem with that it's a totally different situation yeah right you're on the five yard line you need one yard and there's you're right the clock doesn't matter at this point there's like three minutes left in overtime it does not matter uh but i don't know nick i don't know it was bad it was like i was in like disarray in the press box like this cannot be happening like this is the worst football game i've ever watched and somehow the broncos are going to lose to to honestly not a good colts team uh nick can you tell me the last time the Broncos did not score a touchdown in the game. I have the stat pulled up here, but can you tell me the last time the Broncos did not score a touchdown in a game?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I got to think back to the Tim Tebow days because Tim Tebow wasn't a great quarterback and that mm-hmm. offense pretty much uh, struggled. struggle. And it was a defense that carried him. So I'm going to go with, uh, Tim Tebow for 500.
0: Nope, nope, nope. Not that far back, but it will not surprise you that it was, uh, when they did not have a quarterback two years ago in the, uh, the COVID, the, the COVID game. game. Yeah, with yeah, the, like, the Kendall yeah. Hinton game. They yeah. lost 31 to 3 to Saints. So they did <laughs> that means that teams led by Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater scored. And I mean it's just it's just baffling to me, Nick. Like there was there's people out there saying, like, if you would have put Joe Flacco and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke out there last night and wearing the same jersey number, like people wouldn't have you know, batted an eye. Mm. That's how bad it was, Nick. That's how bad it was. Wow, Wow. They they had Russell Wilson was 10 of 15 in pass plays over 10 yards or more. The two pass plays that they completed on those, the one to Cortland Sutton, which was also caught by Montreal Washington somehow. And then the one to Jerry Judy on that final drive who were, who was just wide open. I mean, I just, I I don't know, Nick, I have hit the panic button on the Broncos, but I've also just, hit the panic button on Russell Wilson. Like I just don't know where he's at and, and Nathaniel Hackett panic button has been pressed. I mean, I, I am, I am like so far in the panic and that's not to say maybe they figure it out, right? Maybe they, they, they have a long week off um, you know, some things can happen obviously in the long week. Maybe they, they get some guys back and Greg Dulcich and Michael, Ogimedia, like I tweeted out, maybe Greg Dulcich fixes this entire offense because they finally have a tight end that they can throw the ball to. I, I don't know, but it's also concerning, Nick, that they've lost now Javante Williams, yeah. right, Tim Patrick, mm-hmm. and Garrett Bowles. You could make an argument, other than Russell Wilson, which Russell Wilson may not even be on the list right now of, of top offensive players. But in, in terms of important players on this football team, on offense, those three guys could be your, your top three guys.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And and that was kind of the, the disheartening thing about watching Thursday night football, because first it was Ronald Darby in the first half. Yeah. And, and uh Josie Jewel, who has been who has been playing uh you know really well. I mean, he obviously had his moments against the Raiders, but he was playing uh pretty well. And then it was uh Baron Browning and then uh Garrett Bowles was in the game. I was just like, man, can we can we wrap this game up before anyone else ends up on an injury report? But this is kind of like where the Broncos are at this particular point. And w- once again, I know you are having the summer of Georgia right now uh, with, with your panic button with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and uh, Russell Wilson. But, you know, I'm not going to hit it just yet because, one, I, I know what Russell is definitely capable of. And and, and, and my simple fixes for this offense, uh, I'm not in the building, but the, the, the fixes are really simple. George, all, all you have to do is go and ask your quarterback, what is it that you like to do? And put those plays uh, there for Russell Wilson because, you know, when you talk, you look, and we're constantly having the same conversation. The routes are too deep. It's okay to have, you know, them sprinkled here and there, but it just seems as though every route that they're running is 12 to 15 yards deep. Our offensive line, especially on that right side, it isn't solidified just yet. Now Garrett is Garrett is out. That's going to put more pressure on them change up the routes, build, right? Stack your routes and build as you go. We can't have these deep development routes all the time. And then, oh, by the way, then in the fourth quarter, Mike Boone gets in the game and we're running, we're throwing screen passes, we're doing all these things. And I'm thinking of going, well, hold on, George, where was that at the beginning of the game? Why do we wait so late to now make one of these heroic types of comeback? I mean, that makes no sense to me. I'm not hitting the panic button. But I'm mean, gonna hit my doesn't make sense button. I don't know if that's still equivalent to your panic button, but, but that's the button I'm gonna hit today. I, I'm
0: hitting all the buttons, Nick. Um, I, I I don't know, man. It's like DEFCON. Is, what's the worst one? DEFCON one. DEFCON is that the one. Word? Yeah. yeah. What, I, I think they're like DEFCON three, but like that's still like that's that's not good, <laughs> uh, especially for week five. But yeah. uh, I, I want to dive into a little bit more of the offense here, Nick, in a bit, I, especially. I think part of, like, I, I can't break down the play calling like you can. You, you definitely see the game better than I do, and that's interesting to hear about the, the, you know, routes being too deep. I think there's something to that for sure. I think there's also an issue with some of the personnel, uh, and I want to dive into that in a second. Uh, but let's take a quick break, then we'll dive into um, the panic button, the Broncos, the personnel, and just the disaster that was last night.